Welcome to the Steam Engine podcast. We are Jay and Lucy, and this is a podcast to discuss people-first leadership within the workplace. In other words, what it means and what it takes to always put people at their forefront of every business decision. Our mission is to inspire you to rethink the way you make decisions in the workplace. Now that Lucy stopped being really serious, let me tell you a little secret. This podcast is just two mates who are really passionate about putting people first in the workplace, sharing their chat and also inviting you to join their movement. And with that being said, let's dive into the episode. Hi everyone, we are super excited to bring you the very first episode of the Steam Engine podcast. My name is Lucy. And I'm Jay. And this is where we talk about being a people first leader in the workplace. Well, in other words, Lucy, this is, we are kind of going to have a chat about how to be a leader without being a dick. (laughs) Yes, we are. So in our first episode of How Not to Be a Dick, we would like to talk about values and we want to talk about values in their most practical sense. Um, We're sure most of you have had a conversation about values, um, maybe done a training course about values, or I don't know, maybe actually not heard about values at all, never given them any thought whatsoever. Well, I'm sure, like, I don't know about you, Lucy, I've been to training courses where they send you an email saying, oh, fill up these questions. And then they send you, oh, these four are your values, Jay. So just um, work with them. No idea. And did you? (laughs) Well, I actually had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. Earlier on in your career, you really don't really think about what that, that really is. And also what I want to say is there's no theory in these conversations. There's no, if you want, If you want theory, go get a textbook. And in your words... Google it. Jay, you're showing your age here. (laughs) Textbooks. Thanks, mate. (laughs) Well, in all seriousness. So just like all of us, like individuals and also any organisation would need to have, would have, not need to have, would have a value system. Organisation especially would be driven by a core set of values. Yeah, good point. And um, because... I mean... The reason it's a good point as well is organisations are made up of tens, hundreds, thousands of people and each individual person would have their own value set, whether they know what it is or not. Um, And I suppose in order for having these hundreds of people to be able to move in the same direction and achieve the same goals, you would need to be able to guide your team as to how to do it in the same way. And that's effectively what the value set guides. So I think it's a really interesting point that there's humans as individuals, but also organisations as, I mean, it might be an oxymoron, but like an individual collective of people. <laughs> yeah, well, you are an oxymoron. That's a different story. However. <laughs> Just a moron, Jane. Just a moron. <laughs> but seriously, if you really think about it, I used to think when I started working, like all those years ago, oh, like any company has to drive profit. They have a vision, they have goals, they have annual targets, but that's all great. But how do we get to that? What guides everyone to get to that? And that's similar to us as individuals, like yeah. personally. Mm-hmm. So I will always bring a Buddhist quote. <laughs> Classic Jay, guys, you'll get to know this. <laughs> The Buddha's always here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) 
Buddha is always in your heart, in your mind. So he says in his teaching that a person is not defined by the clothes they wear or the house they live in or the car they drive, as I say. It's my interpretation. They are always defined by the values people live by. It's such a powerful thing. Personally, for me, now that I have started understanding and working out what my value set is, they are like integrity, independence. Mm -hmm. Is I really value independence and also compassion. So they sound really cheesy when you say it like that. But if we unpack those, what that means to an individual, for example, if I talk about myself, when I say independence... It's not only about like being an independent, strong woman, which mm -hmm. I am, <laughs> but it is about, could be financial independence. It could be even like day-to-day -day job. Like, can I do this role? Just let me be to do my thing yep. is pretty much what it is. What about you, Luz? As you were saying that, um, and you were kind of likening it to organizations and you're like, you know, you know. We strive for profit, growth, et cetera, but it's all about how we do it. Mm. I think before we necessarily talk about my values, I'll be really keen to understand from a practical sense how your values help you do that. Because even so, organisation aside, individuals who want to, might want to earn X money, have this really nice car, et cetera, which I think is, is fine. Mm-hmm. But how do your values allow you to get there? Like, what's the difference between knowing what your values are to get you there and not knowing what your values are to get you there? It's a really good question. As I said, when you're earlier on in your career and when you're like in your 20s, all you do is drink and just have fun. I mean, that's, <laughs> at least that's what I did. <laughs> but practically, knowing your value set is so crucial in leading, in actually doing your job and mm -hmm. getting results. I'll give you a really quick example. So in my current role, I lead a part of a business. Yeah. So independence is so important to me. So how do I be independent in running this part of this business is through learning. Yeah. Right? Having the right level of curiosity and making efficiencies, driving efficiencies, driving and new thinking, innovation, all those things are part of my values that drives independence for me. Yeah. And similarly, I need, I can't do it on my own. I need to bring the whole team to drive towards that uh, business results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's so practical for me to align my value of independence to my job. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And actually the fact that you are able to be independent means you succeed because it aligns with your values mm -hmm. which means you arguably get the salary to buy the nice car if they're the two if they're 100%, the things that yes, you yeah. yes because that's what drives the bonus at the end of the day let's face it like we all know <laughs> yeah. i mean people will everyone wants money mm -hmm. everyone is working for someone else because we live in a capitalist society. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like how how to get there by actually being true to yourself. Yes, that's a really interesting point. And I think what's really interesting about Jay and I is that we, and the reason we became friends, so we are ex-former colleagues, yes. current friends, and we have quite different backgrounds. So we both have accents, as you can tell, <laughs> um, to the average Australian. And so I grew up in England and yet went to school and university there and in a 
relatively working class family and my generation was definitely the first to go into higher education and I currently live in Sydney on Bondi Beach. I'm single at this point in time and effectively my life is my own free to do what I want to do with relatively no I was going to say holding you down. I was going to say baggage, but I mean commitments. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Jay, obviously, you grew up. Yeah, I grew, um, up, I grew up in Sri Lanka and had a very happy childhood. I was actually really um, so. My parents were middle class, but super well educated. My mom is my kind of role model to do what you do, and went to school. Up until I finished my high school, I was all in learnt in Sinhalese. Sinhalese is my first language. English is not. So Lucy always laughs. But that's okay. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> that is a massive lie. I actually forget that English is not your first language. So <laughs> yes. don't try it's, and it's my bring thing. It's it's a thing. It's it's my, it's in my head, <laughs> which I'm working on. <coughs> anyway, we digress. But I think um so we are very, very we've had very different upbringings but when we met for the first time at like almost 10 years ago now she really ignored me but no I'm just joking we just hit it off like it's just incredible incredible like I think that she's my sister from another mister really (laughs) yep that's true and that's so coming back to the conversation we're having it goes back to the values Lucy has values around similar to mine. She words them differently because her English is better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's really the fundamental is that people are connected based on their values. Mm, So like your values are like freedom and so mine is independence. So it's kind of the same. It's just how we word it. Yeah, I'm actually... Quite more simple than you are. Freedom. That's what I want. Um, freedom and the other, um, I'll just share a couple more. Connection. I love connecting with people, which leads me on to my third value of curiosity. Love learning, but also love learning about people. Mm. You will always find me asking questions about, oh, hang on, why do you think that? And mm. you're really trying to understand people's psyche, which and, I think. And yeah. kindness, right? Like you're super yeah. kind. Like you just, and that's how you treat people. And that's what made me connect with you mm. a lot more as well, because. Like, I mean, I don't know, people who are listening might be immigrants. We are both immigrants, really. We are both immigrants from very different backgrounds, as in like, I come from a non-English speaking background, whereas Lucy comes from a too much English speaking background. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, actually, because going from England to Australia is not the same as moving from Sri Lanka to Australia, which you've definitely taught me in spades. Like, I didn't have any colour of skin issues mm. I did I'm not saying you did no. but I yeah. you know I I don't even know whether it's fortunate to be honest because there's there's character building things and everything yeah. so um but yeah my language is just to say I literally move for sunshine yeah like I uh, you know yeah. as in it wasn't a decision to build a better life for my family or anything like that yeah so it's it's a different thing and I don't think bizarrely enough we call it immigrants we, yes. are, we are them but we don't necessarily identify or people don't identify English people moving to Australia with a population of immigrants. Yes, which, correct. Rightly or wrongly. And that's, that's, that reminds me of a really interesting example of how values play. 
So I'm not going to mention names, but I think I know you will know who I'm talking about. I've got a mate um, who's a migrant from a non-English speaking country. And, um, and luckily enough for me, I migrated with work. So I was so fortunate to be able to work, transfer for work. But he didn't. And of course, his value was family. Like his values were family, give a better education and a life for his family. And the, the unfortunate thing is like we all know, like we don't, it's not spoken about. But if you're not from an English speaking country, you don't get the first opportunity to work in a bigger yeah. organization and the role that you actually want to do. So And probably really capable of doing. 100%. You may have been an accountant from where you've come from, but unless you're from England, it's really hard to get an accountant job. Right. I yeah. mean, we are both yeah. accountants. And by the way, but anyways, he was accepted to a role and he hated it. He absolutely hated it. He had to work late and he can't leave the office until the boss leaves the office and people were not appreciated and treated well, etc. He had to stick it out because his biggest thing was, how do I provide for my family? So I think what, family values, right? Family values. I think what we need to always remember is that knowing he knew his value he knew his value which is the fundamental of how he survived there yeah so i just wanted to highlight that one because predominantly most accountants who migrate end up not doing a role that they could have done back home especially from non-english speaking countries i'm yeah. not talking like southeast asia or asia or wherever so, but that's okay. Yeah, well, because it's going through that experience, yes. you have no choice but to figure out why you're doing it and what you're doing. And therefore, and you're usually doing it for something like family being at absolute number one of your value yes. set. So it actually is interesting because it's arguably a privilege to not have to worry about what your value set is. And I have to say, I... Definitely have done training courses about values in the past, but I didn't identify what my values were to the point where I go, I know what they are. How are they playing out in my life? Mm. I, um, I just went gunning for career, to mm. be quite honest. And I went gunning for promotion after promotion. And I went gunning for new experiences. My ego loved it. And... And don't get me wrong, I like to think in that period of time, I still operated from a place of kindness. I was still super curious. I still love leading teams. Um, so I wasn't, you know, You were basically it. not a dick, right? I like to think I wasn't a dick. No, you weren't. Um, I can vouch for that. Thank you, yeah. mate. I appreciate that. But I didn't know what my value set was. So actually, you almost end up in a place where every day starts to get that little bit harder to get out of bed and go to work. Every day, it almost seemed from, I don't know, 8.30 till whatever time I finished work was just a slog. And that was because I'd found myself in a place that was com in complete misalignment to some of or all of my core values. And using freedom as an example, there was definitely the, the bigger roles that I've had in different companies. I found myself actually giving up my freedom as to, you know, in my privileged sense. Because I was either working across multiple time zones, which meant that I couldn't just come and go outside of working hours like I wanted to do, or every, the workload was so massive that, again, you end up working on weekends and evenings. To me, that's a 
freedom problem. I know other people have got worse freedom problems. But did it, did it ever occur to you that you were kind of pushing yourself and getting there every day? Because, oh, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Is, mm. is, did that play at all in that whole... Yeah, um, that's really interesting, actually. A couple of things, actually. One, I kept saying to myself, you're quite lazy, Lucy. Like, other people can work like this. Mm. Why can't you? Mm. Like, why are mm. you so lazy? But then also, I know that it's never necessarily... No, yeah, I agree. Like, because if I did have kids and I had to stop and do the school run or dinner time or what have you, then that's the legitimate reason for stopping, isn't it? Yes. And I, I don't have that. So everyone that's... could then... If I went, oh, I'm going to yoga... And I remember that being quite a big thing at one point, me mm. going, no, I must leave work at five because I need to go to yoga. Yeah. But I was really apologetic about it. Yes. That, that's, that, the reason why I asked the question is mm. when I lead teams, like I've been, been leading teams forever, I always go work-life balance, which we talk about. I mean, it's just talked about in a very, like everyone says work-life lip, balance. Lip service. Lip service. But I always say, I think you probably remember, People used to say, well, but I don't have kids. It's fine. Like, I can stay. I can stay late. So you don't have kids, but you do have a life is always my question. Like, I used to always say, like, you have a life. That means it doesn't matter whether it's me who has children, etc., or Mm. whether it's you who doesn't have children. Everyone has a life. So I think identifying Mm. those things, the values that compromises your value, any work, whether it's work, it could be a relationship as well. Yeah. It yeah. could be even a work relationship or colleague. Mm. Like you just go, well, it doesn't align with my values. You try to find the common ground. Yeah. But sometimes you don't. So there are so many people who will leave the boss. Because the value sets are not value, aligned. Not yeah. aligned. Well, actually, right? they could be quite easily if yes. the conversation was had. Do you know what's really interesting as well? I think that, yes, I I do agree. And I think a lot of like single people would say, or people who don't have children yet would say, or children at all. The other thing I think happened recently, obviously, COVID. So I know definitely in my roles, and I was working across time zones, it's such an unforeseen thing, right? Everyone in the world Mm. knew that you didn't have plans that night. So they knew they could put a a call in for 9pm or whatever it was, and they knew you were doing nothing. Mm. And actually, if you said no to the call, what are you doing? Sitting watching TV? Yeah. Well, so... It, it's interesting. So that that just just an example of freedom. I did not know hmm. why I felt so. It just got to the point where I felt like I, I couldn't do it anymore. Hmm. And I, it's only after the fact, to be fair, that I've then gone. Well, I felt completely compromised on my freedom value, and I value it so much that it became hmm. untenable for me. So, so that, that that I think brings us to the most important point about knowing your values. Because clearly at that point, you had not really, it it had not sunk in. Which actually meant that I couldn't have the right conversations with the people that could influence the the conversation because I didn't know what was wrong with me. Correct. I didn't know. And so to be able to give anyone else guidance to help me, Mm. I was just out. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. It's 100%. And that's, that knowing where you stand Mm. is so important. For example, I, so when I say compassion, I, I, it means so many things. Like I value equality. It's one of my biggest values. Like I've got a child who's got special needs. So acceptance and equality is, is what I live for. 
at work sometimes when you have let's say you have a people conversation and if there is an incident or a situation where somebody who's from a different background or somebody who doesn't speak english as well as somebody who's come from a english speaking country are treated unfairly mm-hmm. that's what triggers me to really speak up like i've done that so many times and i will do it again and you've seen me doing that as yeah. well right at work so i think that's how you look after your people mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. based on your values because and their values correct 100% yeah. 100% so which brings me to the probably the last point that i we want to talk about around um how do we uh, lead a team based on your values mm-hmm. so personally the biggest learning i've had is once you realize your value system you can drive business results only and only if you understand the values of your team because there are if you have 20 people in your team all 20 of them are not going to have the exact same value system no. but you will be able to find similarities just like luciana luciana and i are not like 100% aligned but we are best of mates we can have a really good conversation and we are actually talking yeah doing this now right yeah. you know what yeah. i mean so it's just i encourage anybody everybody and if anyone's listening to this podcast and if we have triggered a thought at least one of you sit and really think about what your values are it will be super helpful for your personal life mm-hmm. as well as your professional life yep and also conversely think about if you are if you lead a team at work have you any idea of what your team's values are mm-hmm. and even if you do know how do you use how do you it how leverage it yes and the other way which is my biggest lesson is how if you well most of you have a manager are you so clear on your values that you're able to also let your manager know what your values are as well and you can have that really open conversation because that could be a game changer too yes 100% and if you're now we are, this podcast is about how not to be a dick <laughs> so bringing it back to that if you have people reporting to you or even if you don't if you you'll always be working in a team spend the time to understand ask the right questions from that team and your colleagues so that you kind of get to understand their core values then the connections you build with them and the team to drive results which is what we are there for to drive results is incredible i can vouch for that 100%. 100%. I agree. So on that note, we are super excited for our next few episodes coming, but this does close episode 1 all around value sets, but definitely encourage you and we'll put a link in the show notes to a really good resource to actually start thinking about values if you're like what are they even on about? And then we'll discuss this some more, but the values underlines everything we're going to talk about. But thank you so much for listening. We are so excited to be here and we will see you next episode yes thank you for listening to this week's episode of the steam engine podcast don't forget to like and subscribe at whichever platform you're listening to this podcast on and leave a review that will really help us tailor this podcast to what our audience needs